Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is Friday, the 28th of July, 2023. I am Derek Hunter. I am your host. Glorious, glorious, delicious Friday. It was like 99 degrees yesterday, and then thunderstorms popped up. Today's supposed to suck, too. The weekend, whatever. So sad we're looking to like next week going, what's only going to be like 84? Oh, that's wonderful. Better get the sweaters out now. Anyway, welcome to the show. It's called Summer. Ladies and gentlemen, get used to it. Anybody surprised? You got to be a, a liberal to be surprised by this. Summer is hot and hot. It's so hot now. It seems like it gets hot like around this time of year, July, August. I don't get it. Anyway, we've got a lot of uh, things to get to. Don't forget about the curse program, patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or Derek Hunter.locals.com. I posted some pictures of the uh, family at the ocean playing in the sand and whatnot including my somebody's like that hat's too small i posted a picture of myself in this god-awful terrible it's one of those hats where you just you have to look at anybody who buys it as something's wrong with them you know you just look at it and you go really this this is the hat you're gonna buy it's a bucket hat it's like a gilligan hat except it's got um marijuana leaves all over it it's not just marijuana leaves if i remember correctly they're neon marijuana leaves all over it. So it's like wildly stupid on top of wildly stupid. But anyway, it's not actually that my head is so gigantic. I was wearing my hat. I had a baseball hat on underneath it. It was hot as hell that day. And so I was sweaty and I wasn't going to try on hats with uh, and take my hat off, which my hair was all sweaty, and then put hats on my head, especially hats I was had no intention whatsoever of buying. So I just put it on over my hat. If you look closely enough, you can kind of see that my hat's on backwards. But that's why. It's not some sort of little kid's hat. Although, it wouldn't surprise me if they sold little kid's weed hats there. It's just the way the world is. Anyway, you can check that out for free. You don't have to be a member over at uh, patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast. All right. I, I don't know. This just disturbs Before we get to anything else in the news you got to ask you, so much of what science... Do we not have enough real problems in the world that science, medical science, whatever, biologists, whatever, could spend their time focused on that they've got to go and do crap like this? Vice News is reporting. Scientists have revived tiny animals called nematoda... I don't know, N-E-M-A-T... O-D-E-S, from a slumber that has lasted 46,000 years, reports a new study. The microscopic animals were successfully woken from a state of suspended animation after researchers found them in permafrost, or frozen soil that flanks Siberian's northern Coloma River. A radiocarbon analysis revealed that they hail from the prehistoric era when Neanderthals and dire wolves still roamed the world, and they belong to a functionally extinct species called something I'm not even going to try to pronounce. It's two long words, in Latin probably, that was previously unknown to science. The astonishing discovery is, quote, important for the understanding of evolutionary processes because generation times 
could be stretched from days to millennia, and long-term survival of individuals of species can lead to the refoundation of otherwise extinct lineages, end quote, according to a study published Tuesday in the journal PLOS Genetics. It goes on from there, but I have to ask the question that should be occurring to everybody upon hearing this. What the hell are you doing reviving microscopic species? Do you not understand how, I don't know, plagues work? We just kind of went through a pandemic. How do we know what this thing could do, would do, should do, does do to human beings? We don't know. So why? Oh, don't worry. It's in a lab. Oh, that's great. Who doesn't trust the security protocols in labs in effectively third world countries? Not me. God, I just, you look at this crap and you go, this is, this is what we do with our time. It's not like we don't have diseases now. It's not like we don't have things to worry about now that we're going to revise. Hey, hey, here's a bunch of frozen viruses. Let's, uh, let's pop this baby in the microwave and see what kind of party we can have. It's insane. Stupid. Anyway, that was all I had to say about that. I just wanted to point that out. And you're sitting there going, what the hell? Because it's a picture of the thing. And it's like, oh, they revive an animal froze. Oh, an animal froze. And you go, that looks an awful lot like, uh, I don't know, a virus or something. It's microscopic. Oh, all right, good. That sounds, that just sounds grand. Why, that's just swell. Maybe it went extinct for a damn good reason. Anyway, there is other news that does not involve the extinction of the human race or the potential extinction of the human race, but it does you know, lead to the possible extinction of the United States of America. There are reports that Donald Trump is on the verge of being indicted again. He really should just change his name to Hunter or last name to Biden, and he should probably just identify as a trans woman or something, because why not? Then he can claim true victim status. ABC News reports, lawyers for former President Donald Trump met Thursday morning with special counsel Jack Smith's team as a potential indictment of the former president looms. Sources familiar with the matter told ABC. Posting later on his Truth Social platform, said Trump said, Quote, no indication of notice was given, end quote, during the meeting regarding a pending indictment. Trump's attorney, John Laro, I don't know, cares, and Todd Blanche met with Smith's team following the receipt of a target letter alerting Trump he is a target of the special counsel's investigation and efforts to overturn the 2020 election. I'm not going to inundate you with all of this stuff and a bunch of things that are just going to piss people off. There's nothing to be gained from that. But I do want to play one clip and to find it here. It just occurred to me that I'd had this thing. One clip from Steve Bannon from before the election in 2020. Just so you know, you're going to make your own decision. You're an adult. You're free to make your own decisions. But you should have as much information as humanly possible to make that decision as accurately as possible. So the first thing you're going to do at the beginning of this clip, it's going to be a little bit of uh, Hope Hicks. And then it's going to be Steve Bannon. I know Steve a little bit. I, I knew Steve a lot a bit before 
now I don't know Steve at all, and uh, I'm perfectly okay with that. But it's just bizarre to me. <sighs> well, no, it's not. Knowing Steve, that he would say this stuff before the election. Steve likes to know things. Steve likes to know people. Steve likes to be connected. Steve likes to be to matter, or at least seem to matter. And so people like that tend to insert themselves into stories. They tend to make them about them rather than about whatever the story is about. They, they like to let you know that they know something, get insider information. It's all well and good. It's it, harmless for the most part. People have always been this way. But... You shouldn't let people, especially if you're going to talk about things like this, you probably shouldn't let people, I don't know, record it, right? Is that the word I'm looking for? Record it? Because somebody's going to point it out and you're going to look bad. You're going to look stupid. Or you're going to give away the farm or something like that. It could be problematic in many Levels. Steve has already been convicted of crimes and been pardoned for them. You can say, oh my God, it was a garbage, whatever, but he's convicted of it. What the hell? Um, <clears throat> just so you know, going in, I don't, I don't trust Steve because of what I just laid out. But Steve does love to talk. And a lot of people get into a lot of trouble because they talk. A lot of people will never shut up. And a lot of people don't know when to shut up, don't know how to keep secrets because they make the secrets about them in an attempt to boost up their own ego and importance. That could be what's going on here. Or it could be that Steve is confessing to a whole bunch of Trump supporters that they are about to be conned and swindled. You can decide for yourself. And what Trump's going to do is just declare victory, right? He's going to declare victory. It, but it, that doesn't mean he's the winner. He's just going to say he's the winner. The Democrats, more of our people vote early that count. Theirs vote in mail. And so they're going to have a natural disadvantage, and Trump's going to take advantage of it. That's our strategy. He's going to declare himself a winner. So when you wake up Wednesday morning, it's going to be a firestorm. Also, also, if Trump is if Trump is losing by ten or eleven o'clock at night, it's going to be even crazier. Crazy. No, because he's going to sit right there and say they stole it. I'm yeah, doing the, uh, agree. I'm directing the attorney general to shut down all ballot places in all fifty states. It's going to be no. He's not going out easy. If Trump, if Biden's winning, Trump is going to do some crazy shit. Yeah, that's Steve Bannon. That's Steve Bannon in the last week of October talking about what Trump would do if the election doesn't go his way. That was on October 31st, 2020, meaning it was on Halloween. Was Steve in a position to know? Yes, Steve was in a position to know. Steve would be in a position to encourage this, maybe even suggest it. Who the hell knows? Steve, I wouldn't put anything past Steve. Some people get addicted to attention 
and will do or say anything. I just want you to be aware of this because as more indictments loom, the possibility of more indictments loom. Look, the one down in Georgia seems like absolute garbage. It just seems like absolute garbage. Donald Trump was not trying to swindle and steal votes and blah, 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 blah. He wanted to find fraudulent votes. That was it. He wanted to find either fraudulent votes or votes that were not counted for himself. That makes sense. He had reason, I suppose, to believe that somehow this had... Now, actually, I don't think he did. If you look at the numbers... Republicans won statewide. Republicans won pretty much everywhere in Georgia except for the Senate races and the presidential races. Why? Because people didn't like him. People didn't like him. There aren't enough Republicans everywhere who just look past not liking somebody and go, all right, well, to hell with it. I'm going to go for this. They either didn't vote for president or they didn't vote for Trump. But the state, why? just like the, the last time, why would they go through the rigmarole of stealing the Senate election from Herschel Walker, who was a god-awful candidate? He may be the nicest guy in the world, the god-awful candidate. The guy didn't even live in the state. I don't know if he's been spotted in the state since then. But he got the proper endorsements and he had the name recognition and then nobody thought about whether or not he could actually be good. But, okay, you're going to go through all this rigmarole to steal the Senate election. Why wouldn't you steal the governor's election? Raphael Warnock is a horrible candidate, I'll give you that. But he didn't have nearly... There was... There wasn't as much riding on him as there was riding on Stacey Abrams. If you're going to steal election, why wouldn't you just... All right, it's like breaking into a jewelry store. Like We're going to take all the gold and you smash a couple of the cases at night and you're picking out the gold and sitting right there in the same case you just smashed. Like, oh, there's, there's some really big diamonds in this one. I'm maybe not going to go and smash the other cases with the diamonds because we got a very strict time limit. But I'm already here. I could swipe up a couple of diamonds while I'm at it. If you're going to steal some elections, why wouldn't you steal all elections, right? Remember, Donald Trump lost in 2020 in Georgia, but the Senate races went to a runoff. Republicans lost both of them, but they went to a runoff. Why wouldn't they have stolen those Senate races right out? Now, neither one of those candidates back then, Purdue and I can't remember the blonde woman's name, doesn't matter, were particularly compelling candidates. So it makes sense that they wouldn't inspire a whole lot of people. But just because it's Georgia doesn't mean it's a Republican county, just because it's a Republican state. Just because it's been a republic, it wasn't a Republican state, it wasn't a red state until 1994. California was a red state until 1994, for God's sakes. Think about that. There was a Republican governor in 1992, I think, out in California. It all went to hell, and it went way downhill from there. States 
change based on Canada. Now, Georgia hasn't changed. Georgians simply don't, not enough of them, not a majority of them, don't like Donald Trump. The way to address that is not, say, to the Secretary of State, you got to find me votes, you got to get out there, you got to disqualify other votes. You get, there's fraud, I know there's fraud, you've just got to find it. Like you got to kind of prove that there's fraud. The way to combat that is make yourself liked by the people, by more of the people. It's pretty simple. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. A lot, you look at the polling. Some people love candidates who just go, F you. I don't care. And I'm one of them. I was one of them. Absolutely. But at a certain point, F you. I don't care. Becomes, you need more than that. You need, I need more than that. I need, I get it. The other guy sucks. I mean, I'm going to vote for the Republican anyway, whoever the Republican is. But I get it. The uh, the other guys suck. I'm in. I, they suck. I agree. They suck. But I'm not your average voter. Your average voter kind of wants to go. Yeah, the other guy sucks. I know that they suck, and I know how they suck. What about you? What are you gonna do if I vote for you? And simply saying, well, I won't be them. I won't suck like them. Okay, maybe you won't suck like them. Maybe you will suck like them. How's anybody to know if you won't say how it is or what it is that you'll do? You got to differentiate yourself. It's not enough to say I'm not that guy because then people will just stay home. Then you've got to look at who has more people who are wildly excited at the prospect of an election. And sad as it is to say, Democrats hate Republicans so damn much and are so committed to the hive mind and the unquestioning blind loyalty to these sorts of things and these kinds of people that they will go and show up because they are told to go and show up. Rachel Maddow will do a couple of special shows and say, you've got to show up. The fate of our democracy is at stake. And people will go, we must show up. Rachel Maddow says we must show up. Does not compute. And they will do it. Can you count on that from Republicans? No. That's what makes conservatives and Republicans so appealing to most people. It's the independence. It's the thing. I'll think for myself. Thank you very much. I'll agree with you on 90% of things, but on 10% of things, I just think you're damn wrong. And that's it. You're not purged, at least not yet, from the Republican Party or the conservative world if you happen to disagree on a couple of things. The left wing, you're kicked out of academia, you're kicked out of media, you're kicked out of everything. You're not, they're not interested in you. So as you watch all this unfold... Remember, I don't know. I don't know how it plays out. Hearing Steve Bannon talk about this before the election and basically telegraph every punch that was made, hearing other people in the campaign who were in the war room or in there saying, yeah, no, Trump lost when they were under oath and then saying something different when they were on television. And you go, that seems a little bit weird. That seems a bit much. But as long as people keep playing it and say, oh, he, uh, he raised $200 million to fight election, uh, the, the election theft, to stop the thief. 
And then you find out that none of that money actually went toward anything having to do with recounts or anything. Where are those recounts? What, what happened to that? They raised a ton of money for these things. And uh, it just kind of stopped being an issue. They stopped fighting to get to the bottom of it and simply declared that they were at the bottom of it. They didn't prove it kind of important, but they fundraised the hell out of it under the promise and the pretense that they were going to do something about it. That still works. Works all the time. It works everywhere. I still get emails about the Democrats defending Fauci and make sure that you give money because Republicans are still being mean to Fauci and they're thinking about going after Fauci. Once you find a way into people's wallets, once you've convinced people of something, it takes an act of God to convince them otherwise. I don't know why. I don't know why it is that human beings can't look at things and go, you know what? This doesn't make any sense. I'm going to change direction. But then some people still smoke. So what the hell are you going to do? Anyway, don't be surprised if there are more indictments. Don't be surprised if there's more trouble. Don't be surprised if there's more bad news to come out about Joe Biden. This is shaping up to be an election between two people who the majority of people don't actually want. That's not to say that they wouldn't vote for him. People will vote for president even if they don't like either of the candidates. We've proven that. Think of how many elections in your lifetime. Was anybody in 2008 really super excited to vote for John McCain? Hell no. Maybe if you liked Sarah Palin. So often it is a battle between two people who are not particularly liked. That being said, I don't know that this early out, I think people are just sick of both of the front runners. But they're front runners that seem to have inertia behind them. And I don't think it bodes well for Republicans if it's a choice between the devil you know and the devil you know. I just don't. So we shall see. Because I, I just don't think you go, well, you know what? I'm going to try the guy I didn't want before again. I'm going to get that guy back. Like You, you kind of just stick with the jerk you got, right? A lot of people will. And it doesn't take much. And you're really only fighting in very few states where Democrats like Pennsylvania, Democrats just kicked ass in Pennsylvania. Dr. Oz didn't even try to pretend that that election was stolen. He was a horrible candidate and he lost to a zombie. Out in Arizona, Carrie Lake still pretends that she law or that she won, but she can't prove it. Doesn't really matter. Doesn't matter what you think about the situation. If you can't prove it, you can't prove. It. Well, what about the what about okay, prove it. Well, what about uh, no. Seriously. Prove it. There are plenty of Republican conservative prosecutors out there in Arizona who would happily bring these cases to trial if people were caught committing voter fraud, especially on a mass scale. That hasn't happened. I know. This is a why I don't know why I'm going into this and going, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try and piss off everybody, but I'm not. Because I get all the emails. I say, what about uh, 20,000 mules, Dinesh D'Souza? 
if you had that evidence, if this, first of all, if this were irrefutable evidence, why would you only show it to the world if they purchased your movie? Wouldn't you take it to a prosecutor? I have nothing against making a profit. But if I found the, you know, not the, not the Zapruder film, but the film on the other side of the, uh, the uh, Dealey Plaza, the one guy in the movie where the, the woman's holding his back for his balance or whatever. If I found his eight millimeter footage of the Kennedy assassination and up in the school book depository, there's Lee Harvey Oswald smoking a Paul Mall while lick, shoving his uh, man liquor Carcano out the window. I wouldn't go, you know what? I'm going to hold this until I can formulate an entire movie documentary around this. And then, and only then, will I show it to the world. No, I'd be like, holy crap. I'm going, here's, here's video of OJ cutting off Ron and Nicole's head. I'm not going to hold that back. For profit, for fun and profit. So I look at that as skepticism. And again, I would say, that you could find if you had the proof, because it's when you're presenting the evidence, you're only presenting one side. When you find this proof, you could find a prosecutor in the state of Georgia who would make these cases, who would take one of these cases, who would go and arrest people, charge them with voter. This is massive voter fraud on an unprecedented scale and scope. And that hasn't happened. So at a certain point, you just kind of have to logically go, what the hell? What's going on? Is it the world's biggest conspiracy ever? And everybody's in on it? Or is maybe one side with the profit motive, I don't know, fluffing the numbers? Maybe presenting only one side and leaving some pretty interesting and important exculpatory evidence on the table. I don't know. But it is kind of weird, don't you think, that if he found this smoking gun, he just kind of walked away from it after the box office numbers went away? Doesn't that strike you as odd? Went away? There's a whole lot of conspiracy theories is a whole lot of declarations of this is how it is a whole lot of my goodness can you believe this and buy my book and it will expose everything or watch my documentary and then they move on if you found proof that the moon landing was faked or that an election was stolen or whatever would you just kind of go well, I milked that for three months. Let's uh, let's move on to the next thing. I got to go make another documentary. No, wouldn't you just nonstop be warning about this? Because if Democrats could do it once, Democrats could do it again. You have the proof. You're the only one. Or something, right? Or maybe you just got to get better candidates. Maybe you got to run better campaigns. I don't know. I don't know. We shall see. Anyway, I want to play you some audio here. There's a whole lot of... uh, There was a hearing up on Capitol Hill yesterday about trans women, about dudes and chick sports. Easiest way to put it. Nobody needs a slide rule to keep up with that. 
and they uh, had it was just the trans issue in general. So they had somebody who had detransitioned up there. I think I'll start with. Let's see. I'll start with the detransition girl. This girl transitioned. Her name is Chloe. Uh, Chloe Cole detransitioned had puberty blockers at like 11 double mastectomy at 15 now her testimony up there and then detransitioned at like 16 um, ruined her body don't know if she'll ever be able to recover I mean she won't be able to fully recover because uh, parts of her body have been removed but you've got a situation where she's up there testifying. And this is just um, I don't know, like a minute and a half of her opening statement. It's well worth seeing. I have the whole thing in my Twitter feed if you want to see the whole thing. But this is, this is telling here. So I felt like a boy. In retrospect, all I meant was that I hated puberty. That I wanted this newfound sexual tension to go away. That I looked up to my brothers a little bit more than I did to my sisters. I came out as transgender in a letter I sent on the dining room table. My parents were immediately concerned. They felt like they needed to get outside help from medical professionals, but this proved to be a mistake. It immediately set our entire family down a path of ideologically motivated deceit and coercion. The gender specialist I was taken to, taken to see told my parents that I needed to be put on puberty-blocking drugs right away. They asked my parents a simple question. Would you rather have a dead daughter or a living transgender son. The choice was enough for my parents to let their guard down, and in retrospect, I can't blame them. This was the moment that we all became victims of so-called gender-affirming care. I was fast-tracked onto puberty blockers and then testosterone. The resulting menopausal-like hot flashes made focusing on school impossible. I still get joint pains and weird pops in my back, but they were far worse when I was on the blockers. A month later, when I was 13, I had my first testosterone injection. It's caused permanent changes to my body. My voice will forever be deeper, my jawline sharper, my nose longer, my bone structure um, permanently masculinized, my Adam's apple more prominent, my fertility unknown. I look in the mirror sometimes and I feel like a monster. It's a horrible story. But it was gender-affirming care. It's gender-affirming care. Oh, my goodness. You can't possibly offend anybody. It's gender-affirming. Now, it's no accident. It's no mistake that CNN, that same day of this hearing, decided to put together a package on a trans family, I guess you could call that, a family with a with a trans kid who is doing what? They're fleeing the state of Florida. They're fleeing. Now, why are they fleeing the state of Florida? Because you have to be an adult before you're allowed to butcher your body. You can't, your parents can't help you butcher your body just because they're down with it. You can't say like, well, heroin is, uh, you can't drink till you're 21, I guess. But the parents are cool with it. So at home you can drink. No. It's against the law. The state has a vested interest in protecting these people. So listen to the wildly sympathetic, absolutely unquestioning attitude of this CNN report. It's quite telling. And um, 
Well, yeah, I'll talk about it after. We just thought it would be a nice, warm place to live where we could get to beaches. I just never thought that I would have to flee a state for the good of my children. The SB 254, uh, this will permanent outlaw the mutilation of minors. I remember Tori coming to me one time and in tears, which she doesn't normally do. And I asked her what was wrong and she said DeSantis. And like the fact that a governor would be making my kid cry, that's a messed up government. We're absolutely moving because of the political climate and the laws in Florida. We didn't want to move. When the Florida Board of Medicine started meeting, and we realized that they were going to ban gender-affirming care for our kids that we might need to leave because that is life-saving, essential medicine and treatment for our daughter. I was very relieved when we decided to leave. I had never really heard that much about trans people and until I was like 11 or 12, I didn't even know trans people existed. So I was just used to being uncomfortable. I started hormone blockers pretty soon after that. Yeah, I mean, there was times before she started getting hormones and stuff that she was suicidal. But after she transitioned, she was much more outgoing, much more like comfortable with herself. We are seeing many families that are leaving. I really think if you were to ask a member of a trans family, they would tell you they go to bed at night dreaming of how to get out of the state. So that, yeah, that's the dining room right here, and then this is the living room. My hope for the McKee family is they are able to find a community that embraces them. We're lucky that we're able to get out. We're able to afford to leave. A lot of people can't, or it's gonna be very difficult. I uh, feel really bad for the people that have to stay here. It's been difficult to access my hormones. I'm not honestly sure how I would continue to access care. Even if I wasn't trans, I wouldn't be comfortable here. It's just not a safe environment for queer people in general. I do fear for my daughter's safety and just the fact that somebody might want to hurt her just for her being her, for her existence is scary. I worry about her every time she goes out. Almost the wide open view. Yeah, sunsets are great from here. No. I'm looking forward to just being in a place where I don't feel under attack, where I don't feel oppressed. It's just so sad that our country and our society are in this place of denigrating people like that and making them feel like they have no place. It's just hard to start over all over again. Oh, it's just hard to start over all over again. You know, it worked out great for me. You're still a teenager, though. So it hasn't actually worked out at all. It is just, <laughs> you kind of made your bed. You, you got to lie in it. Now, will you feel that same way at, at age 20? Would you have killed yourself if you didn't, if you had to wait until you were 18? Maybe some therapy might have helped, but they're packing up and they're showing them they're packing up. They're fleeing Florida. We've got to flee Florida. See, they got to attack Florida because of Ron DeSantis. And they find it. Now, how many families do you think are moving from the state of Florida to anywhere? They don't say where the family's going. 
Where do you think uh, well, they're moving? I'm moving. I'm moving. Why? Because Florida is so terrible. I won't let me generally mutilate my child. Oh, you poor dear. Can I uh, can I contribute to your your fund or whatever? I I think this is great. Florida is being overrun with new people. There's a housing shortage. The 10 people who are like, you know what, I'll do anything to butcher the body of my child, leaving the state of Florida will not be missed. They will not be missed. And they'll help abate the housing crush at least a little bit. Just a skosh. It's just, it's so bizarre that the day of this hearing, CNN puts together this package. What do you think the odds are this this family is representing a wave of people that has, or anything. How many people in the state of Florida do you think are leaving? Four? Outside of this family? Maybe? But CNN found them because they looked for them. CNN wanted them. If this family didn't exist, they'd have to create them. You can find somebody, like I say, Democrats always find the senior citizen who eats cat food because they can't afford their medication. And you go, oh, this is... Horrible. Look at what this person is forced to do. They're not actually forced to do it. The pharmaceutical companies will most likely, if somebody's that destitute, first of all, they could get the drugs for free from the government, from charities, whatever. But Democrats never suggest that, never point that out to anybody. They roll out grandma and say, she's eaten nine lives. And it's horrible. It's horrible, I tell you. It's horrible. And then they send her on her way, pat her on the head. Say, thanks, sucker. Now, how many people in the country do you think there are who are eating friskies because... They can't afford their prescription drugs. Five, maybe, across the whole country. But they're presented as the norm, and they're presented as you're just one bad mistake, not even bad mistake, away from this exact same thing happening to you. That's the implication. It's not by accident. And so this crap is what Democrats do. It's what they've always done. Now we snap back to reality up on Capitol Hill. There is a woman called Paula Scanlon. She's a swimmer at Penn State. She was a teammate of that dude, Leah Thomas. She was forced because of the school, and she'll explain it herself, 18 times a week to change in front of a dude and his dong in the locker room. Oh, by the way, Paula Scanlon is also a sexual assault survivor. Democrats pretend to care about such things. I mention it here because you will, well, you won't hear anything from Democrats. You'll just note and take my word for the fact that not a one of them gives a damn about her or anybody else. But listen to the trauma that Penn State, in under the guise of tolerance, forced her and her teammates to endure. My teammates and I were forced to undress in the presence of Leah, a six foot four tall biological male, fully intact with male genitalia, 18 times per week. Some girls opted to change in bathroom stalls and others used the family bathroom to avoid this. When we tried to voice our concerns to the athletic department, we were told that Leah's swimming and being in our locker room was a non-negotiable and we were offered psychological services to attempt to re-educate us to become comfortable with the idea of undressing in front of a male. Isn't that nice? It's a non-starter. I don't care. 
All of you are wildly uncomfortable. I don't care. We must bend over backwards to make sure that Leah, the 6'4 dude, is okay. That he's accommodated. Screw real women. Now, don't you love that? Screw Democrats. Remember, they would not shut up. Oh, the Republicans' war on women. The Republicans' war on women. And what? You've got an actual literal war on women. You've got a guy taking women's scholarships away, a team slot away from actual women and making women sexual, survi- sexual adult, uh, assault survivors wildly uncomfortable. And there's no concern whatsoever. Now, later on in the hearing, and this is, this is why congressional hearings are a joke, there were only about five members up there, probably about 50 members on this committee. There are only about five members up there at any given time listening to this testimony. And uh, they, they come in when it's there five minutes and then they leave. They don't give it. It's just, I'm going to go and read my statement. I'm not going to ask any questions. I'm going to get the hell out of here. And there you go. I can check this box and say to my constituents, I cared. Well, Congressman Steve Cohen out of New York I think it's no, maybe it's Iowa. I don't know. If you saw him, you're like, that's Skeletor. That's what he looks like. He shows up and he talks to Paula, talks about Paula, and he says, Oh, I, uh, I wasn't here for your testimony because I got better things. You're not important enough to me. But I heard since the clip of you talking went viral, I read your testimony. There's no way he read his testimony. He was shown a video on Twitter. And then this idiot. Says, well, uh, Penn State, they, uh, or Penn or whatever, they screwed up. They they handled this poorly. They could have maybe made some accommodations by like putting some dividers for privacy up in the line. I can't do this stupidity justice. Listen to it for yourself. Transgender people have been around for a long time and they have rights and they need to be respected. I read Ms. Scanlon's testimony. I wasn't here to hear it. And I think Penn didn't deal with your situation like they could have and should have and putting up some type of different barriers in, 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 the, in, the, in, the, in the women's area of, of the locker room. But that's an either, another issue. Dividers or something. Put up. Put up. They did. They're called walls. And these walls exist between men and women's locker rooms. They do. They exist. That's where those dividers are. That's where they divide. Put up some kind of dividers. But that's what Democrats have obliterated. Now, it's hard to believe this is 2023. I want to play you one of the dumbest people in Congress named Sheila Jackson Lee. Sheila Jackson Lee. I, I how do you do this justice? She's not a religious scholar, she says. But no, I'm just going to, it speaks for itself. I will not pretend to be a scriptured person. I am not ordained. I'm not in any leading religious organization as a uh, religious leader. But I have spoken to persons who lead. And they've given me no evidence that this issue speaks to anyone's religion. Again... I don't pretend to know every aspect of everyone's faith. And I, I ain't Pope or nothing, but uh, I believe one of the major tenets of all the world's great religions is God routinely screws up. 
a lot. And uh, like the 11th commandment is thou shalt use chemicals and surgery to correct God's screw-ups, right? Again, I'm not Pope, but I think that's what the, the, the scripture says. Being honest to God, how do these people get elected? How are these people so damned stupid that they get elected? What is the opposition? Who ran against Sheila Jackson Lee? Was it like an old tube sock that had been used for nefarious purposes involving pornography? Like, I honestly, I have that question. I just have to know. Lastly today, I want to play you this clip from Antonio Gutierrez. He is the UN Secretary General. We always get these third world D-bags who hate capitalism up there. It's hot. Like I say, it's hot in the summer. Breaking news. Stop all the presses. And uh, no, climate change is uh, global warming is done. It's now global boiling. Pay particular attention to, because he lets a little bit of the cat out of the bag when he talks about fossil fuel profits, which if you're concerned about the science, the profits of any company should not be a factor at all. But when you're a left-wing socialist, communist, whatever, you can let something like that slip and well, you wouldn't even notice it. And for scientists, it is unequivocal. Humans are to blame. All this is entirely consistent with predictions and repeated warnings. The only surprise is the speed of the change. Climate change is here, it is terrifying, and it is just the beginning. The era of global warming has ended, the era era of global boiling has arrived. The air is unbreathable, the heat is unbearable, and the level of fossil fuel profits and climate inaction is unacceptable. Leaders must lead. Leaders must lead, comrade. We, have, or we will round you up and replace you with leaders who will lead the way we want. The Okay, uh, global warming is over. Global boiling is now. It's unacceptable. The air is unbreathable. Is the air unbreathable? I didn't realize the air was unbreathable. I mean, if Canada could learn to, I don't know, piss on a campfire, it might be a little more breathable. But um, the amount of fossil fuel profits are unacceptable. Why? What does that have to do with anything? The amount of fossil fuel profits that has nothing to do with anything. Profit, the profit. That fossil, if, you, if you're really a lunatic like this guy, if you believe this crap and you're not just an anti-capitalist stooge, you could say that uh, fossil fuel exists is unacceptable, that we still use fossil fuel is unacceptable. You could say that. You'd be insane, but you could say that. It would at least be consistent with what you're saying there. But suddenly it's like, and the fact that anybody's making a problem, then it's, it's your problem is the profit. And if your problem is the profit, your problem is the, the concept of profit, right? Then it begins to all unravel from there. Like I say, every once in a while, these people show you who they are, if only by accident. I highly suggest you believe them. You be on guard against them. Anyway, be on guard against these people constantly, particularly this weekend, because it's going to be hot and they're going to try and blame everything on you, the humans. It's not your fault. You're special. 
You didn't do this. Have yourself a wonderful weekend. Don't forget patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or Derek Hunter Check it out. Support the program if you please. See vous play. Sorry if I offended you today, but you know, when the mouth gets going, the mouth goes where it goes. I follow the facts. What you do with them is up to you. I'm not telling you what to do or what to think. I'm just giving you as much information as possible. Have a great one. Hope to see you at midnight. See you then.